listening to the Broadcast Basement On Demand Radio Network. It's the podcast in the Broadcast Basement. Broadcastbasement.com. Coming to you from the Windy City Slam Studios in the southwest suburbs of Chicago, this is Windy City Slam Podcast. Welcome in everyone, Mike Pankow here, the founder and editor of WindyCitySlam.com and the host of Windy City Slam Podcast. Welcome on in to episode number 196, just a few short of our big 200th episode and nearly four years on the air as a podcast. And it just blows me away how much this has grown over the past four years. And I thank everybody for the support. And we're going to get more into that in the coming weeks. As for this week, we look back at Pow Entertainment's Wrestle Rage 21. We also welcome member of the lovely Intoxicated Men, Tony Gabagool, as he helps us recap Rocket Pro Wrestling's Harvest Havoc. The fighting freelance world champion Storm Grayson makes another defense this week. And we'll tackle WWE Crown Jewel, where Logan Paul actually became a champion. John Cena looked mortal. And of course, Roman continued his reign. And we welcome back to the show, someone who has been at this wrestling thing for something like 25 years, a legend in Chicagoland independent wrestling, a man who's held many championships, and he's the current Rockford Damage Inc. champion, the Ice Pick, Vic Capri, joins us in a little bit. Catch all that right here on Windy City Slam Podcast. Stay tuned. It's your boy, FTC, Frank the Clown here, and you are listening or doing something with your ears to the Windy City Slam Podcast. Frank the Clown's been a guest a couple of times. Will I be a guest again? Oh, I don't know. Get the check ready, Mike. <laughs> Attention! Windy City Slam is looking for a few good tag team partners to advertise on Windy City Slam Podcast and WindyCitySlam.com. Get your product or service notice with pro wrestling fans. Affordable rates to fit your budget. Message us on Facebook, X, or Instagram, or email Mike Pankow at WindyCitySlam.com. That's M-I-K-E-P-A-N-K-O-W at WindyCitySlam.com. Hey, this is Trevor Outlaw, but you bozos can address me as you are rudely, and you're listening to the Windy City Slam podcast, and you can check it out every Tuesday. Oh, wait, I've been on this like five times. I should know this by now. Either way, not getting paid enough for this. Windy City Slam podcast. Check it out on Tuesdays, and you never know when Trevor Outlaw is going to be back. This past weekend, WWE presented Crown Jewel in Riyadh, Saudi Arabia. Another fantastic show by Triple H and the crew. And some big news coming out of here, and let's get into it. For the World Heavyweight Championship, Seth freaking Rollins once again retains the title pinning Drew McIntyre after a pedigree and curb stomp. After the match, Damian Priest of the Judgment Day came down in an attempt to cash in his Money in the Bank briefcase, but Sami Zayn stopped it and saved the day. Fatal five-way for the WWE Women's World Championship, Rhea Ripley retains the title over Nia Jax, Shayna Baszler, Zoe Stark, and Raquel Rodriguez when Ripley pins Baszler. 
And then in an incredible, maybe passing of the torch type moment, we had Solo Sokoa pinning John Cena after something like 11 Samoan spikes. Gets the three count. Cena doesn't even try to kick out. He is knocked out. Cena really sold the spikes. And even referee Jessica Carr looked concerned. And usually Jessica Carr is so good at what she does. She shows no emotion in there. She's a great referee. But even in this moment, kind of a human moment here, Jessica Carr actually looks sad and upset. And, and even after she counted three on Cena... She said, that's enough, it's over. And it, kind of a sad moment, really. And then Cena walked slowly to the back as the crowd acknowledged him. Is this his last match or one of his last matches? I, I think we'll see him again, but this could be maybe a story building toward the end of John Cena, and this is just a small part of it. And, of course, I was right about this. The WWE United States Championship Ladies and gentlemen, Logan Paul is your new U.S. champion. He pins Rey Mysterio to win the title after punching Rey with brass knucks. Wow. And then the WWE Women's Championship, Io Sky retains the title, pinning Bianca Belair after a moonsault following the return of Kyrie Sane, who interfered to help Io Sky. Now, what does this mean? For damage control, because Bailey was outside as well doing some interference on her own. And she kind of looked at the situation like, what's going on here? I mean, is EO breaking away from damage control and now EO and Kyrie going to be a unit? While Bailey and Dakota Kai are separated from EO? It's going to be interesting to see in the next couple weeks on SmackDown to see where this goes. And then we had Cody Rhodes pinning Damian Priest after multiple crossroads. And in the main event for the undisputed WWE Universal Championship. And as predicted, I did not think LA Knight was going to get it done here and now. Roman Reigns defeats LA Knight by pinfall after copious amounts of interference from both Solo Sokoa and Jimmy Uso. Now the question is... When will it be time for Roman Reigns to drop the title? I mean, I think I could start feeling some unrest to this long reign by Roman Reigns. I've been a big fan of it. Now it's starting to lose a little steam, in my opinion, when you got a guy like LA Knight, and you had the guy like Cody Rhodes with his story. I guess we're going to have to see what happens over the next few months, but it might be time to get that title off of Roman. All right, switching over to local professional wrestling, a bit of sad and disturbing news. Longtime manager and agent in the Chicagoland area, Chaz Moretti had emergency surgery to have his right leg amputated. Very sad news and kind of shocking to hear. It was just a very sudden thing. It happened over the last several days. Chaz, in fact, is having a second surgery as I'm recording this podcast this week. The best to Chaz and especially his wife, Amy, who's really kind of uh, taken an emotional hit here. And hopefully everything will be all right in the coming days and weeks and months ahead. All right, we're going to turn to some better news now. Friday night, November the 3rd, Fusion Pro Wrestling at DuPage Soccer in Villa Park. And in the main event, this is crazy stuff. Fusion Cruiserweight Championship, the young Jack Valor, the recent trainee at CSW, 
He defeats Lizard Man Nathan now to win the championship. What a moment for that young man. Congratulations again to Jack Valor. And Shelly the Bombshell Benson retained the Fusion Women's Championship. And then it was a very emotional match between Uncle Doug Simmons and his student, the punk rock prince, Jordan Cross. And once again, if you don't get out to see Fusion, you really should try to get out there. Awesome stuff from Uncle Doug Simmons and the crew over there. And this is from a friend of the show, High Five Tom. On Saturday, November the 4th, ICW Milwaukee breakout star Tommy Trainwreck and his crew through their first show of We Love Wrestling Volume 1. The show was at the Northwood Sports and Recreation Community Center all the way up in Pembine, Wisconsin. And this fundraiser was for the Pembine Food Pantry and featured stars with some familiar names such as Chico Suave, Ethan Matthews, C.J. Cole, Myron Reed, and Dragon Gate star La Australia. All right, this past Saturday night, November the 4th, POW Entertainment presented Wrestle Rage 21 at Brower House Live in Lombard. Special thanks to Jimmy Blaze for providing some of these results and highlights from this past weekend's big POW Entertainment show. And for the POW Hall of Fame, we have RJ, the announcer, and the ring announcer, Mr. Riccolo, going into the Hall of Fame. And there was a surprise as well. Longtime referee Pee Wee Perella, son of RJ, was also inducted into the Hall of Fame. Really cool moment right there. And then on the card, we had the newly minted heel, Mateo Valentine, pinning former POW Entertainment champion Moondog Greg Murray with a handful of tights. Axel Abrayo defeats Style and Shade Eaton by a disqualification when Jay Scott jumped Abrayo. And this led to a two-on-one attack after the match. And the six foot twelve tiny saved Abrayo and made a match for reaction coming up on December the second. So it'll be Tiny and Axel Abrayo versus Jay Scutt and Style and Shane Eaton on December second at Rage Reaction in Fox Lake. And then we had former WWE superstar Hornswoggle defeat Tyson Phoenix for the POW Midwestern Championship. Eric Freedom defeats Tommy McCobb to win the championship, but it was short-lived as Freedom was leaving the ring. The Reckoning attacked him, cashed in the Midwest key where Acid Jazz became the new Midwest champion. Boy, that tricky Acid Jazz. And the Reckoning, for that matter, with Chris Hedford. Crazy stuff right there. And then in the much-anticipated six-man tag, the returning out of retirement, Joey the Pitbull Chi-Chi, Hunter Payne, and Paulie Tomaselli defeat Tyler Sullivan, Logan Steele, and Jason Dukes of The Reckoning. Terry Allen defeats the returning Lost Soul Chris Cairo, and Cairo was subbing for Koa Laksamana, who was at the NWA tapings this past weekend. I'm sure Koa and Terry are not done with their rivalry yet, and I think we will see more in the coming weeks. POW Tag Team Championship, the Brothers of Construction, Ruffo and Yabo of the NWA, defeat the reckoning of Acid Jazz and Sean Priest, and the incoming champions of IPA, Meat Hooks O'Bannon, and Kevin O'Reilly to win the titles. And in the main event, POW Championship, we had Psychotic Jimmy Blaze defeating Kazile to retain the title. 
And then we had Tommy McCobb attacking Jimmy Blaze. Kazile forks Jimmy Blaze. And then Freedom comes out for a short-lived save until Kazile and McCobb beat them down. And then finally, we had the returning It's Your Boy, Mason Perks, appearing, chasing off Kazile and McCobb. And that was Wrestle Rage 21. This past Saturday night, Rocket Pro Wrestling presented Harvest Havoc at St. Joe's Park in Joliet. And to recap that show, we welcome a new special guest correspondent. He's a member of the lovely intoxicated men, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Tony Gabagool. What do you hear? What do you say? What an intro from the man, the myth, the legend, Mike Pankow. I am pleasured to be here. Thank you so much, sir. This is truly an honor. Honor for me as well to have you on the show for the very first time, recapping Rocket Pro's Harvest Havoc. So how you doing? Oh, I'm doing just swell. Besides the Bears losing to the Damian Saints today, how are you doing? I'm surviving, yeah. Unfortunately, that was a rough one today in Nolan, so. This is a tough season, but uh, you know who's having a really good season? Rocket Pro Wrestling, okay? Yeah. So the place to catch a good pro wrestling show, it wasn't in the kingdom of Saudi Arabia, okay? It was right here in our backyard, Joliet, and it went down at St. Joe's Park. RPW had to harvest havoc, and guess what? I got a couple, two, three things to say about it. So to start the show off, we had two legends of this business show up. We had Chris Shogun, uh, Chris Logan Shogun, everybody's familiar with him, and you're going to like this because you're a Blitz guy, right? Yes. Paulie Tomaselli shows up. Mm -hmm. These two guys are legends, and their experience shined in the ring, Okay. Very physical match, counter after counter in the reversal. Now, Shogun won the crowd over very early on and used that to his advantage. One of the biggest spots, the biggest highlight in this match, Paulie Tomaselli actually hit a backflip off of the apron on the Shogun. Now they spill out in front of the ramp. It was insane. The whole crowd standing on their feet cheering. Now, unfortunately, with a maneuver like that, both guys were down. They got counted out. Can you believe that? Now, all the fans, we start cheering. Five more minutes. Give them five more. Give them two minutes. Come on, two minutes. We want to we wanna watch these legends go to work. Unfortunately, the ref or the timekeeper, who was ever in charge of that, they wouldn't go for it. So, Paulie Tomaselli makes a proposition, an offer that Chris Logan, Shogun, Logan Shogun, I'm over here like Dr. Seuss, okay? He couldn't turn this proposition down. Now, you're going to love this. Chris Shogun, he accepts this offer. Now, at the January show, which is Resolution, we're going to see Marche Rocket and Shogun, they are the final level, go up against Paulie Tomaselli, and guess who? Hardcore Craig, right? Yes, sir. You better believe it. So we got uh, some legends from yesterday uh, with, with the Blitz guys. They're coming back. They're bringing it back. You know, we saw the three rings show up at Darkness Falls, that was truly incredible. So we're getting a glimpse of uh, nostalgia, if you will. And I, I'm all for it. That's awesome. So, yeah, Hardcore Impact goes back to the Blitz days as well. Shogun and Marche go back to the Blitz days. It's really cool how Rocket Pro Rocking is in integrating all of those old Blitz stars into Rocket Pro today. 
true, truly beautiful. And you know what's great about it is these young fans who maybe weren't around for Blitz or maybe they don't know a guy like Paulie Tomaselli or Hardcore Greg. Now they're getting an opportunity to see these guys work, and it's truly beautiful. And I, I love it. That's what Rocket Pro is all about. Up next, we had match number two. We had Bucky Collins versus Brooks Burnham. Now, if you're familiar with Bucky Collins, he comes out to some smooth jazz music. I don't know if you remember his entrance song, but it's like some smooth jazz, you know, he was starting to feel a little Kenny G or something going on. But he's quite the opposite of smooth, okay? This guy, he's kind of a weirdo. So Brooks Burner, he's as agile and as fast as ever. The guy is like a high flyer running around the ring. Totally crazy. But you know what got these guys in trouble? Both of them, actually. Both of them got in trouble. Too much showboating. Too much taunting. They were both able to capitalize on one another. Now, what ends up happening with this match is Bucky, he gets the win. Okay? The fans were quite disappointed. Uh, Bucky's not a fan favorite to the Rocket Pro fans. I don't know too many Bucky fans. But after it, he makes a proposition to Brooks Burner. He says, leave Christian Rose and come with me. Now, by the looks of it, I say no deal. Don't do it, Berna. There's there's no reason why you got to hang out with this guy, okay? So then Bucky leaves the ring, and th that match was up. But it's got to make you wonder, why would a guy want to join Bucky Collins? Right. Right? That's, you know, no friend of mine. I can't see why I'd be a friend of his. So match number three, we saw my childhood hero, the real deal, Rion Skills, he's the intercounty champion, a fighting champion. He went up against a, a young lad by the name of Joseph Von Jaeger. You familiar with this kid? Uh, I know a little bit about him. A Wrestle League student kind of uh, got yeah. into the scene, and he won the number one contenders match the previous month. Yes. He sure did. So they had their bout, okay? And uh, this JVJ, that's how I'm going to refer to him as, he looks good. He looks good. But I'll tell you what. Rion's the real deal. He comes out chopping. These chops can make Ric Flair blush, okay? This guy's poor chest was redder than Red Lobster, all right? So really crazy match. One of the highlights for me, Rion was hitting his, uh, his routine return to the locker room, if you're familiar with how he does that. So he gets all the way up, back to the curtain, and JVJ sprints out of the ring, grabs Rion, brings him back in. Sorry, I got a cat talking to me. Okay, and uh, they get back into the ring, and this is where experience counts. Rion was attempting to put the young lad to sleep. Got him in a sleeper hold, a tight one. Rion pulls out a crazy Russian leg sweep while simultaneously holding the sleeper in. Rion ends up winning. He retains the title, and guess what? That's why he's the real deal. So Rion retains. He retained, and, uh, you know, a piece of advice to JVJ – Sometimes you got to close a door to open a window. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Now, in match number four, we had Damian Deschain versus Christian Rose. Now, this was a submission match, and it was virtually a stalemate throughout the whole match. These guys really abused each other. It was you know, very physical. I sense a lot of animosity between these guys. And it, to me, it seems like TDC, those damn coyotes, they stand on the precipice, the precipice of an enormous consequences, okay? They got to get it together. There's so much issues going on in infighting. So we've seen uh, a really big move, pretty impressive by Christian Rose, a veteran of this business. You know what a gory bomb is? Yes. 
he hoists the the chain up in the air. Now they're outside of the ring, and he hits the gory bomb onto the apron. Ooh. Just you know, he's going to be seeing the chiropractor for a couple months after that one. Mm-hmm. They get back into the ring, and uh, Christian Rose puts in a Boston Crab. Unfortunately, Damian Deschain, he taps out. Christian Rose won't break the hold. The referee's trying to break it up. Guess who appears? Brooks Burner. Brooks Burner comes out, breaks the hold, comes to the aid of his fellow Coyote, and he challenges Christian Rose to a match next month. Now, this match, I might need a little bit of advice from you or some guidance because I'm not too familiar. He challenged him to a lights-out match. Now, is a lights-out match, is that something to do with ComEd, or am I missing something? It might, actually, yeah. I think they just flip the lights out real quick, and then once the lights are out, this match is going to be contested under anything-goes rules. I assume that's kind of what it is. I thought maybe loser has to pay the ComEd bill next month, but either way, it sounds good (laughs) to me. So we can look forward to that next month. We've got Christmas Chaos, December 2nd. That'll be uh, one of the matches that will occur. That's a lights-out match between Brooks Burner and Christian Rose. Now, a piece of advice to Brooks Burner about Christian Rose. Every rose has its thorn. Don't be a thorn in the side of Christian Rose. So then we went to intermission, and uh, usually nothing crazy happens during intermission. But in this one particular intermission, I actually brought a petition. Now, this petition was for Damien Saint to reinstate the Amazing Turtle. A lot of us feel that he was unjustly released from his position. Yes. Last month when you had PX on, he was talking a little bit about the justice for turtle movement. So I took it into my own hands. I got legitimate signatures, okay? No phony business from this guy. This isn't Cook County, all right? So I got 50 signatures in about 10 minutes on intermission. At the end of the show, presented it to general manager Damien Saint. You know what he did with my petition? Ripped it up and threw it to the wind. So we're going to have to keep working harder to get Turtle his job back. So after intermission, we were treated to uh, a bout between the Ryan Matthews and Maximus Orion. Mm -hmm. But prior to the match starting, uh, you're familiar that Maximus is a uh, a Fortnite player? Absolutely, yep. He's really into that uh, Fortnite stuff, gunning everybody down, you know. Isn't that something that you do on the side too, or...? Oh, no, no. I, I was so confused. I'm so out of touch. You know, I thought it was fork knife. I said, what are we playing with utensils for? <laughs> Apparently it's Fortnite. Okay. So they played a, a playback of something that occurred on Monday. Now, Ryan Matthews entered the home of Slingblade and attacked him during the live stream. Truly unheard of. And in my world, I know a thing or two about the law. I'm thinking he committed a home invasion, which is a class X felony, but nobody's talking about that. Who's keeping score anyways? So Ryan Matthews comes out with none other than Jay Beck, the bounce check and Eric Schultz. Okay. There's undeniable guys. They can't go anywhere without each other. The match begins. We see a lot of passion and aggression from Maximus Orion. It was a beautiful beating he was given to Ryan Matthews. But there's three things in life that are guaranteed. You know what they are? Death, taxes, and the undeniable cheat in every match that they're involved in. Of course, poor Maximus Orion takes a briefcase to the back of the head. Now, my thought is that briefcase can't be too heavy from Eric Schultz because 
nobody's going to hire him as their attorney. So, but anyways, he took a briefcase shot to the back of the head and the, the undeniable, they storm off like they always do. Maximus did get up and made a promise. He's going to, uh, he's going to beat the ass of Eric Schultz sooner or later. So we'll be looking forward to that. Now, after that, we had one of my favorite matches of the night. And a couple of the uh, individuals that were sitting in my section, we we think this might have been match of the year already. Okay. It was a triple threat bout. We had Nick Diamond, first time ever seeing him, which I really like booing the guy. I hope to see him more. We also had Sexy Violence, Quinn Widock, What a guy. And none other than the Outer Limits champion, uh, Connor Hopkins. That guy is something else. Yes. It's a, just a pleasure to see him work in the ring. So this match, it's, you know, each man is taking control at various points. There's a lot of high spots. They're jumping off of the top rope. They're, you know, imposing some crazy reversals, just stuff you you don't see in a traditional match. And I think that's why a lot of us were leaning towards this being match of the year already. Now, the highlight of the match for me, we end up with, Quinn Widock on the shoulders of Nick Diamond. I saw that Connor, video. Yeah, this was you really saw good. On video. Go ahead and describe so, it, though. It was pretty amazing. It, I saw it earlier before this interview, and it was quite the high spot. But go ahead and describe it for all of us. Just, just truly beautiful. This is why we. This is why we love wrestling. And God bless these guys for putting the bodies on the line because yes. this had to have hurt. So, you have, uh, like I said, Quinn is on the shoulders of Nick Diamond. Connor Hopkins on the top rope. He hits Quinn with a, a clothesline, a flying clothesline. Mm-hmm. Now, Quinn, with all of his experience and all of his might, he does a pain rana, which is like a, a, a backwards hurricane rana. Yes. Just the fact that they pulled that off, you know, he's it's offense and defense all in the same move. It was truly beautiful. Now, unfortunately for Quinn and Nick Diamond, Connor Hopkins retains, okay, but it all in all was a great match. Now, if this match had been fought the, the the Tokyo Dome, I know my uncle Dave would have gave it seven stars. All right, no doubt about it. <laughs> but like I said, it was truly a pleasure to boo Karen. I mean Nick Diamond. That was the best part of the match. I look forward to booing him again. So after this match, we went to match number seven. Now this was a battle of the behemoths. Yeah, this was. Uh, Steve Michaels, who a lot of RPW fans are probably familiar with. And then I was treated for the first time to seeing Darius Luttrell. The one-man dynasty. Oh, he's like a skyscraper. He comes down. Now, now, isn't it something that a man could, you know, almost tower over Steve Michaels? That guy's huge. And then you bring him out. It's like, oh, my God. So I, I love uh, Battle of the Big Men, okay? When they can pull it off, it's truly a thing of beauty. And these these two guys did not disappoint. So we see at one point in the match, general manager Damian Saint, he attempts to interfere. Okay, we have Darius Luttrell in the corner and Saint comes over with his cane. And he's like, I don't know if he was trying to distract or interfere or maybe a mixture of both. But Darius Luttrell caught him. Now, in the midst of all that going on, the big man, Steve Michaels, hits a splash. Now, I can't imagine what that feels like. It's probably like a semi-truck coming down I-80, slamming into him. Yeah. Then, if you could believe this, Steve Michaels puts Darius Luttrell into a bear hug. 
Now, you know, Darius Luttrell, what's he, about 6'7", six, 6'8", six, six, eight, eight, yep, somewhere eight. in that. Yeah, he's not a little guy. And we've seen Michaels lift him up in that bear hug, and he just, you know, he wasn't letting go. So uh, Michaels picks up the win, and it's it's one of those things. Let's just hope that these undeniable guys – can we get one match where there's no interference? It's starting to remind me of the bloodline, okay, in WWE. Mm-hmm. It just gets old. So after that, we went to a segment. Now, this segment started off with Johnny Nye coming out to the ring. Johnny Nye wanted to address the nuisance that is the, in my words, or what I call them, the unfabulous idols. Okay, so he wanted to voice his grievances with them, why they can't be trusted, et cetera, et cetera. Now, what was strange to us LIM guys is our leader, PX, he was missing. So he missed a few matches. We were texting him. We were searching around. I checked the bar. I checked the smoking area. I don't know where this guy's at. Well, we found out the hard way. They brought our poor leader out, Joey Roth had his little scarf or whatever you wanted, that thing that's a boa like Hulk Hogan wears. He's got that wrapped around PX's neck. It was just, it was hard to see. Let me, let me get my emotions straight here. So he drags poor PX to the ring and all the while that SOB Damian Gray, he hits Johnny Nye with his wiffle ball bat, drops him. Now my poor friend, he's put in the, in the corner and you know, these guys are really grease balls. You know, this, mm-hmm. these fabulous idols, they're greasier than a poor boy from a rich that's been soaking in garlic butter for a month. OK, that's how greasy <laughs> these guys are. Now, we're, we're freaking out. We can't hop the barricade. Right. I'm not going back to jail for this. I, I love you, PX, but I'm not getting kicked out of a Rocket Pro show to jump the barricade. Luckily, someone intervened and that someone was C-Red. Now, he chased off Joey Roth and Damian Gray. But it didn't end there. Something truly out of the ordinary, very out of the ordinary happened. Damien Saint comes down and announces that there will be a match next month at Christmas Chaos. And that match will be the fabulous idols, Joey Roth, Damian Gray, and Kevin Cade facing off against none other than Johnny Nye, C-Red, and another opponent, which will be their partner. Now, can you take any guess who this person is? Well, I think I heard a little something on the grapevine. A little birdie told me that it might be PX. It sure is. It sure is. Now, we're talking about, is this is this crazy or what? We're talking about a guy. Now, no, no disrespect, PX, because I know you're going to be listening to this, but he's not trained. How can they put him in the ring and expect him to compete? I mean, Damien Saint, have you lost your mind? This is nuts. Yeah. When my he- uncle... Oh, go ahead, Mike. Yeah, PX even admitted to me last time he was on, he, he's not an athlete. He didn't play high school sports. He, he doesn't have a life bone <laughs> in his body. So it's like, this is going to be crazy. Believe me, I've known PX for 20 years. He did not play. He did play a little volleyball back in the day. Okay. So if you still got your knee pads, pal, you're going to want to bring them to the December show because it uh, looks like you're fighting. So uh, we'll be cheering him on, though. And uh, it's like, we, we can't help but cheer for him, right? Stand up yeah. to the bullies. Just like this was high school again, and that punk Damian Gray was always messing with him. Stand up to the bullies. Fight for us little guys. Make us proud. Yeah. So we've got that to look forward to next month. Now, the next match that went down 
This was uh, between Aaron Stone, and we had uh, Aaron Stone facing off against a mystery opponent. Mm -hmm. Now, that mystery opponent was revealed to be none other than Shaq Jordan. Oh. Yes. This match was, uh, is to be expected, both guys are so young. They're so physical. Like the first two minutes of the match, back and forth, picking each other up, slamming each other down, couple of short pinfall, you know, like one counts, two counts, but then they'd be right back up on their feet. Kudos to them. Those guys can move. Yes. The the biggest move of the match, Aaron Stone goes for a, a, a frog splash off the top rope. He jumped so high, Mike. I thought he was going to go through the ceiling tile. And I yelled to him, hey, while you're up there, can you get Brooks Burner's water bottle down? It's been up there for almost six months. He didn't <laughs> hear me and something about gravity. He comes splashing down, lands on Shaq Jordan. He retains the title. Excellent match, though, those two guys. And I was truly happy to see someone uh, as physical and capable as Shaq Jordan answering the open challenge. That was terrific. Yeah, two great athletic talents right there. I absolutely uh, probably one of the matches that stole the show in addition to the uh, triple threat from earlier. Absolutely, I I would. It's it's isn't that a thing of beauty when we can't decide between two matches that stole the show for the night? It's just this is what you expect from RPW. So after that match, we had a segment. It was brief. It was kind of strange. Sean Danger, he's the beer drinking champion of the world. What a guy. He's got an excellent beard. He was passing out old styles. But Damien's saying he's got to come out and ruin the party. He kicked Sean Danger out, said, get back to the back. And uh, the LIM section, we could have used a couple more old styles. But that's all right. My money's still good with those bartenders. I'll, I'll pick up the tab. <laughs> so finally, we get to the main event of the evening. This is a rocket to the top briefcase match with none other than Devin August, who comes out wearing a Wolverine costume, okay? Now, I mean this uh, disrespectfully, Devin August. You look like Wolverine if somebody bought him from Wish.com, all right? I don't know where you got that costume, Spirit Halloween. We also had uh, Eric Schultz. He comes out with his briefcase. It's probably empty because he has no clients. And then we see our hometown hero who comes out Gunner Brave. Mm -hmm. The crowd erupted. You know, you've seen this, man. So let's not forget that this is Gunner's house. Everybody's cheering for him. Literally everybody. I didn't hear anybody cheering for Schultz or Devin August. But Gunner took a beating. He got slammed onto a, a ladder that was put in between the ropes onto another ladder. We've seen that in other matches before, but just truly punishing on the body. There was another point where Gunner got really creative. He took a ladder, put his head through the rungs, so it was uh, parallel with the rest of his body, and he started to spin like a helicopter. Yeah. Very effective, very creative. I love seeing this guy work, because who would have thought of that? Now, he was if he would have spun a little bit faster, he would have took off through the roof. But anyways, he took out Schultz a few times. He took out Devin August several times. We were cheering for that. Now, believe it or not, Schultz is at the top of the ladder. He's about an inch away from getting another briefcase, which again, why does he need two briefcases? What is this guy doing? He's got no clients. We've seen some interference from Maximus Orion. He came out to return the favor from earlier in the show. So Maximus climbs the ladder, slams Schultz head down a few times on that top step. 
And Schultz falls down. Maximus takes him to the back. Schultz does not return. Now we're down to Gunner and Devin August. Again, they're going back up and down the ladder. Uh, at one point, we almost see Gunner take a power bomb onto that ladder that's still wedged in between the 12-foot ladder and the ropes. Luckily, it didn't happen. There's more interference. There's always more interference. They're undeniable. That's what they're known for. Steve Michaels comes out. But guess what? Maximus Orion and none other than good old Shaq Jordan, they come out and they they almost threw Michaels out of the ring. They almost got him. He's, He's such a big guy. Michaels flees the scene. And guess who gets that briefcase? Would it be the King of the North, Gunner Brave, perhaps? You had a hell of a prediction last month, my friend. Gunner Brave, about time. And you know what the fans were cheering, myself included? You deserve it. He absolutely does deserve it. It's just amazing that we see such a young kid excel in this business. And uh, we we have pride because he's from Joliet. He's one of us. So, uh, yeah, that was one hell of a way to end the show. I'm interested to see when he's going to cash that briefcase in. Yeah. I've uh, Aaron stone is still the champion by the time Gunner cashes it. in, that's going to be one amazing match. Yes, absolutely. Now I did, uh, I didn't miss something. There was so much excitement coming on. And if you don't mind, I'd like, I guess I could jump back to the match with Aaron stone. Yeah. Whatever happened there <laughs> after the match. See, there's been so much interference and run-ins. Quinn Whitock did come in at the end of the match, and he uh, he attacked Aaron Stone. At this point, Shaq Jordan was already in the back. And Aaron Stone is down on the ground, and we see Quinn lurking very eerily, very Halloween, okay? But we're past that. It's almost Thanksgiving. you got to cut this out. It's supposed to be sexy violence, not spooky violence. He's standing there holding the RPW championship over Aaron Stone. So it makes you wonder... Are we going to see Gunner Brave in the future going up against Quinn? Are we going to see Gunner Brave go up against Aaron Stone? I think either one would be a hard-fought battle, but my money's on Gunner. I think by the end of Rocket Pro season, you may very well see Gunner Brave holding up that Rocket Pro Wrestling Championship. Oh, we'd be very proud of him. Absolutely. But yeah, all in all, excellent show. You know, RPW always delivers. So next show is Christmas Chaos, December 2nd, St. Joe's Park. And I heard there's a big tag team match happening at that show as well with the final level of Marche Rocket and Chris Shogun Logan. Why don't you tell us a little bit about it? You better believe it. They're going up against Magic Inc., if I'm not mistaken. Yep. I'm looking forward to that one. Yeah, Anytime Cody- the final level is going to be there, it's it's, it's going to be awesome. Yeah, Cody James and Magic Jake Dumas from the NWA. So that's going to be very exciting. See, it looks like RPW is starting to bring in some uh, other well-known names. Um, not so much as Blitz used to do, but I'm, I'm happy to see what they're doing, though. It's always cool to see new faces, and NWA's on the rise again. We see uh, familiar faces like Koa wrestling for NWA, which is always cool to see. So, uh, yeah, got to love it. Yeah, man, Nuke and uh, Bill Shelley and the entire Shelley family do some great things for Rocket Pro Wrestling. So uh, kudos to Nuke and the Shelleys. Absolutely. They brought back a terrific wrestling company in Joliet, which we desperately needed. And before we let you go, Tony Gabagool, why don't you go ahead and promote whatever you want to promote? I'd just like to promote the lovely intoxicated men. That's uh, I'm the, the godfather of the LIM and uh 
I just want to give a shout out. We do have a podcast that uh, you can find on YouTube, Facebook. Uh, we're also on social media sites such as the Instagrams and the Twitter world. I believe it's called X, no relation to Degeneration X. Uh, we're also on the TikToks. Anywhere where there's a social media, you can find us. We are the lovely intoxicated men. Mr. Tony Gabagool, thank you for your report, and we'll hopefully have you on down the line. I appreciate you very much, sir. You, my friend, can take it easy. All right, coming up this Thursday night, November the 9th, Freelance Wrestling returns with another one of their fantastic shows at Emporium Arcade Bar up in Logan Square on the northwest side of Chicago. Bell time is 8 p.m. for the Freelance World Championship, and this is going to be an outstanding match. We have Storm Grayson defending against Chicago's own drama king, Matt Raywalt. And did you know these guys have actually wrestled before? I actually remember from about a couple of years ago, almost two years to the day, Storm Grayson and Drama King Matt actually were part of a Zello Pro show out in Lyle, and that was a hell of a match, and Storm Grayson won that day. So, going to be interesting to see if Drama King Matt's made some adjustments, and I know Storm Grayson's even better since that match two years ago. So, it's going to be a terrific match. And speaking of terrific matches... We have the Freelance Legacy Championship. It's Darren Corbin defending against Brian Keith. And the interesting thing here is, I'm pretty sure Brian Keith has not taken a loss, a pinfall loss, or submission loss in freelance wrestling since he started working for them over the last couple of years. He only lost the title because it was a triple threat match a couple of weeks ago and August Matthews was involved in that. And Corbin got the sneaky pin on him. So, can Darren Corbin really prove his worth when he takes on Brian Keith? Freelance Tag Team Championship, we have GPA and Laney defending against Stephen Wolf and Hyon. And in a singles match, Shaza McKenzie takes on the ace, Isaiah Velasquez. And the last time we saw Isaiah, he was a little bit on the heelish side. So, is that going to continue, especially against a popular competitor such as Shaza? And then the just-announced scramble match, we have the returning Team Alfonso of Alfonso Gonzalez. He's back. He's ready to roll his first freelance match in well over a year. He's part of the scramble along with Chico Suave, the red-hot Coda Hernandez, young Robbie Reeves, August Matthews, and Reagan Lydale. Friday night, November the 10th, we have Wrestle League's Fall Brawl at the Raven Room in Chicago. Saturday night, November 11th, a special event at the Chicago Wolves hockey game. It's WWE night at Allstate Arena as the Wolves take on the Iowa Wild. WWE superstars Pretty Deadly will be appearing at the Allstate Arena for photos and autographs. And then Saturday night, November the 11th, a fantastic Squared Circle Megastars show, Masters of the Squared Circle 4, taking place at the Berwyn Eagles Club at 7 p.m., we have for the Squared Circle Megastars Heavyweight Championship, Elite Warrior Da Cobra defending against the future Will Austin. For the Mega Championship, we have Lennox Leon with Big Business Levi McGuire in his corner defending that title against B.O.W. And then Sharpshooter James Creed faces Blake Banks, Sebastian Cage versus Monster 747. And this is going to be a hell of a match, too. The Odyssey, JPH, faces David Ali. 
in a battle of the big men. It will be Vince Steele against former TNA star Congo Kong, the king of the Scrabble match with some great names here. We have Chico Suave, El Johnny Santos, TW3, the 80s baby, Chucky Bates, Alex Romero, and Lucius Ironside. And in a great cruiserweight match, we have Lizardman Nathan Nile against Rafael Quintero. And in a tag team turmoil match for the vacant SCM Tag Team Championship, we have 1,000 Horsepower, Youth Gone Wild, Bear Kingdom, The Workhorses, Those Effin' Guys, and Grim Reality. Also Saturday night, November the 11th, Premier Pro Wrestling presents Dominance in Rockford. All right, coming up in mere moments, the legendary ice pick, Vic Capri. Stay tuned. My name is Storm Grayson. I'm your freelance wrestling world champion, and you're listening to the Windy City Slam podcast. Want to get more customers for your business? Promoters, do you want more exposure for your upcoming event? Windy City Slam podcast can be your tag team partner. Advertise with Windy City Slam and reach wrestling fans in the Chicagoland area and in the Midwest. Message us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, or email MikePankow at WindyCitySlam.com. That's M-I-K-E-P-A-N-K-O-W at WindyCitySlam.com. SSW Tag Team Champion, the Punk Rock Prince, Jordan Cross here, live at the Broad Stop in Kenosha, Wisconsin, and you are checking out my best friends over at Windy City Slam Podcast. Mike Pankow, you are the man. Make sure to subscribe, like, follow, share, and everything else. And you can follow me at The Jordan Cross. I am the Punk Rock Prince. Thank you. All right, back here on Windy City Slam Podcast, and we welcome back to the show. Someone who's been at this for something like 25 years now. Uh, he's a legend in Chicagoland independent wrestling. A man who has held many championships. In fact, he just won the Rockford Damage Inc. Championship. Ladies and gentlemen, the ice pick, Vic Capri. Vic, how you doing? I'm good. How, how's it been going, Mike? I know it's been a while since we got a chance to talk. So. Yeah, it, it, I'm doing good. Yeah, it's it's. Awesome to catch up. I know you got a couple of uh, pretty big shows and pretty big moments coming up in the month of November, and we will yeah. get to that as we go along. Just when we thought you were starting to wind down your in-ring career, you're, you're fresh off winning the Rockford Damage Inc. Championship in a match with former TNA Impact star Hernandez. You are just absolutely timeless. <laughs> I don't know about timeless. Uh I'm I'm really starting to feel much more my age day by day. <laughs> it's it's catching up real quick. Yeah, and there's been talk, and in fact, I think you've even uh, initiated some of this talk that you're going to be retiring soon. But it, it still seems like you can go like you did many years ago, and you've held many titles over the years. And just over the last two years alone, you've been the Dreamwave World Champion the All-Heel Wrestling Midwestern Champion, the Berwyn Championship Wrestling Champion, and the Frontline Pro Champion. And you've gotten to wrestle people like Ricky Reyes and Christian Rose, Hammerstone, and younger guys like Axel Rico and even Connor Hopkins. So what's that been like for you the last couple of years? Um, The, the last couple of years has, has really been a roller coaster, to be honest with you. Last year, the last about 15 months has been 
a lot of injuries um mm-hmm. a couple of concussions a compression fracture in my mid back and herniated disc in my mid back to actually the, the the end of the match against hammerstone hammerstone i banged up my knee real bad i tore the meniscus uh tore the acl and uh the popliteus muscle so i kind of it, it, before even I found out about the compression fracture, I, I knew time was getting limited, but I kind of packed a ton in, in, in the limited, I got limited time. I got to wrestle over the last 15 months with uh, as much as I could. But, you know, I, uh, in August after the dream wave, the double shot, the following Thursday, I had them repair the meniscus for me and I opted to hold off on the ACL for the time being. It was just one of those things. I I knew the time was coming where I was going to have to walk away, and I didn't want to have them repair the ACL, be gone six to eight months just to come back and say bye. Mm-hmm. So I, I opted to just wear a brace and, and try and push through as long as I could. Initially, the uh, surgery for the ACL, we, we tentatively, tentatively scheduled it for January, uh, mid to end January. But you know, we'll we'll see where it is, uh, where how I'm feeling and everything on that. But the the last the the, the last year, like I said, it's just been a roller coaster. You know, I got to wrestle actually the last few years, uh, uh, some incredible people. You know, Hammerstone is a monster. Also, one of the nicest, coolest guys, Ricky Reyes. You know, I, I've we've known of each other for. T- by 22, 23 years back when he was in California at the, the old Enoki Dojo uh, in L.A., working with, like, Kevin Quinn and Sumo Joe, Rocky Romero, all those guys, Dan, Christopher, or Christopher Daniels, Brian Danielson. You know, I mean, he, he was somebody, like, when I came back and he started posting, like, I want to wrestle Vic. So we we kind of went back and forth a little bit for a couple of years until somebody finally booked it. And all I can say is I just had an absolute blast working with him. Such a cool guy. You know, we sat and we talked the entire show. We went out there and wrestled. We went back and just talked more. You know, he a, a hell of a mind for wrestling and, and just a, a great all-around person. And uh, you mentioned the injuries, too. And you even had the torn triceps back in 2020 that cost you the CSW championship. So it has been kind of a roller coaster ride for sure. Yeah. Um, the torn tricep. My age is catching up to me. Um, I'm not bouncing back nearly as quick as I had hoped. The meniscus, having the surgery on that, and just first doctor was an idiot. So I had to get a second opinion. So it took from mid-May until the end of June to finally find out what was wrong with my knee. And then just with stuff coming up for Dreamwave and the double shot and things, I opted that no matter what they told me, I was just going to wait until after Dreamwave to do everything. The, the Dreamwave shows in August. So I knew I knew there was a plan for me and Shelly to tag on that on the first show. And I know how important it was for her to actually be on a Dreamwave show uh, and actually wrestle instead of just being there to manage me because I, I mainly only offered to have her manage me and, and threw that out to Jay Repsol just to get her foot in the door because I, I wanted people to get a chance to see her and you know everybody Christian Rose the rest of the coyotes everybody 
was all for it. And they came in with ideas for stuff for her to do and everything. And we just kind of just threw her out there and went from there. So I had to wait at least until after that so that I could, she could have that moment and it didn't get taken away from her because I was hurt. Yeah, and that's a great segue to a couple of things I want to talk about next. As your career has advanced, it seems like you, you've been helping more and more of the younger talents in the business. And one of the first times I noticed this was a couple of years ago when I gained early access to a Chicago-style wrestling show. And I observed you huddling up with Shelly Benson and Sky Blue and Sierra and Heather Reckless before doors opened to the public. Now, was this something that veterans did for you when you were first breaking into the business all those years ago? Uh, well, back then we didn't have people agenting matches. Um, you just kind of went, talked about your match, and did it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, what it, what actually happened was mid June of last year, two thousand twenty-two. I met Shelly for the first time at a mm-hmm. show. I got to see her wrestle the following month, and as we were talking, she asked me if I would train her. Um, she wasn't she wasn't getting the um, she wasn't learning as well in a, in a bigger class. So I, I agreed to help her and, you know, she's been, I've been working with her since then, you know, two days a week and she's a great student. You know, she, she's kind of become a wrestling daughter because my daughter doesn't want to wrestle. Uh, and uh, so I've kind of become her wrestling dad, I guess. So it, it's been a, a really fun ride and to get to see, where she's going and and how she's developing everything. But um, what had happened was when I was out with the concussions, they asked me to start agenting matches and they wanted me to to take the lead on the women's matches. So I just went ahead and since I was working with Shelly, took the lead on the women's matches and started helping out, helping them all call their match and try and get every, get the women's division up and kind of going. I really didn't take it as like, I give my ideas, but uh, in the in the end, it's their match. Mm-hmm. So you know, I I normally would tell them just this is my idea. You don't have to do it. Just a thought. Think about it. If you want to do something else, do something else. That's fine. I'm not going to be offended by it. But you know, a lot of times there are some things that they they decided to go with, and other things they didn't. And uh, a lot of the stuff has has really produced and really been really good with the women's division in CSW. Yeah, it's a really nice group. And I just mentioned those four right there, Shelly, Sky, Sierra, and Heather. And that was one hell of a match. And putting your little touches on it too, really, I think helped that as well. And they're just talented women just, you know, kind of looking for a breakout. And Sky, as you can see, has done that in AEW. And, and Heather had a nice run as champion. Sierra had a nice run as champion. Now Sierra is the AAW women's champion. And obviously Shelly, wow, she's really come along in a year and a half, thanks to you. Like I said, I couldn't ask for a better student for my my first actual real student. I mean, I I helped out with the LWF school years and years ago, but really didn't. All all it really was was running drills. Shelly was the first person that actually asked me to train them. And she listens really well. You know, she was right off the bat. She told me what she liked about wrestling, what she didn't like. And I found out we were really on a, a similar wavelength on a lot of stuff. So it just made it even easier for me to, to to train her. And then I started turning around to women's Japanese wrestling and stardom and Tokyo Joshi. And we start pulling spots from there to practice for her. And it's just all kind of come together really nicely for her. 
Yeah, considering she basically started this journey less than two years ago, it's amazing how far she's come. And she has four championships now in her possession, obviously, the CSW Women's Championship, the Zawa Live Empress Championship, the Fusion Wrestling Women's Championship, and the latest being the Rockford Damage Inc. Women's Championship. Just amazing stuff. Yeah, it was really nice to actually for both of us to win a championship on the same show. That was kind of neat. Unfortunately, I wasn't able to be at the shows for Zawa and for uh, Fusion. So I missed her first championship win, which really bugged me. But uh, being able to be there for for Chicago style and having them ask me to say something afterwards, you know, it it meant a lot. And we didn't really put it out there that I was training her. We kind of kept it. I mean, people within wrestling in the locker room knew that I was working with her, but we didn't throw it out there to the, the rest of the fans and everything like that. But it, it's really been nice to kind of keep it a secret and, and see people just tell her, wow, you're getting so much better and this and that. Blah, blah. And it's just like, she just looks at me and she's like, it's all because of you. And I'm like, no, it's not. You put in the work. I just kind of pointed you in her direction. And you put in the work and you told me what you liked and what you didn't like. And when we went with what you liked. So it's it's also good to see Shelly get her flowers as well for all, all her hard work that she's done on her own as well. Yeah. Yeah. She she's she's a hell of a person. She's an amazing I mean, I'm not going to say amazing woman. She's an amazing person just in general, gender aside. She's got a huge heart um, and just she she wins the fans over with her personality and just how she is. She talks to everyone when they come up and ask for an autograph picture or a sticker or a shirt or whatever. She'll spend, she spends time with everybody. And, you know, I'm that actually kind of socially awkward and socially shy. So I don't do that. So to see her do that and see how everybody has grown to love her more and more and more and, you know, like the what I, I think it was that match that that four way you were talking about was the night we realized that Shelly had to turn babyface because Sky was the big babyface and Shelly was still a heel, and the fans Shelly would sell tickets to friends and family, but all of a sudden you notice the other side of the building was chanting "fuck her up, Shelly," meaning "fuck Sky up," mm-hmm. and uh, that's when I just kind of looked at. Hades and everybody was just like, she's got to be a baby face. And they're like, yeah, I guess you guys we got to plan something and, and make a switch here. So she just, it, you you saw it, you could hear it work its way around the entire building um, from her fans. And then it just, us just kind of just basically did the wave throughout from show to show and it worked its way all the way around and everybody started chanting for her. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it just goes to show the type of person she is. Yeah, back at that time, she was a manager for Mario Pardua and Eric Schultz, who were obviously all heel. Now, Mario is babyface as well, but Schultz is still heel. But to see her make the turn and just win everybody over, which is a couple of really good performances, just shows how hard and how well she's done over the last year and a half. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, like we we had a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff planned when we put together when we did the trios match. Or was uh, Joey, Mario, and Shelly against myself, Mateo, and Moody. And some people get mad because it was kind of an FU to some people that were kind of pushing her to the back. And I just said, we're just, this this matches you. We're just going to show you and let everybody, if they get mad, they get mad. Tough shit. 
<laughs> so. And I'd like to talk about another person who's kind of uh, been under your wing recently as well. Uh, Michael Vice Grip Gonzalez, Gonzo. He, he's a guy that's really kind of uh, taken to, to your training and to your advice, and he's applying it to the stuff that he's been doing lately. So tell me a little bit about Mike. Uh, Mike's a great kid. You know, um, he's about the only thing we need to work more on with him. And it, it, it gets tough because, again, like I, I guess I'm kind of a, a jerk in the fact that um, Shelly came out and asked me to train her. And other people have said, I want you to train me. I need you to train me. And you're training Shelly and I'm coming to help, but you're not working with me. And it's like th that practice isn't for you. It's for her. She asked me. And even when I've told them, you haven't asked me to train you, they go, but I need you to. That's not what I'm, I'm getting at. So, cause I, I'm doing it. I, I don't get paid to train anybody right now. Mm -hmm. uh, it's just something I take the time to, to work with them. If somebody comes in and, and wants to work with Shelly and let me take a break so I can see what they're doing. Great. And when she needs a break, I'll go over a few things with them. Um, but it's not a full blown practice for them unless they want to do some of the drills we do in the beginning. But after that, it, it's mainly Shelly's practice uh, at this point. Uh, we do have another girl that just started coming in, uh, Lulu. So we've been working with her a little bit. She's She's been to a couple practices now. She's another one. Uh, actually, Andy from JWA introduced me to her. And uh, she just asked, she's like, I, I heard you do private training. Would, how much would it cost? Would I be able to come? And would you be able to help me? And so we just brought her in. And we've been working with her a little bit now, too. So it makes it a little nicer because when I'm the lightest guy that comes to practice to help with Shelly and I'm 280, 285 pounds, um, she can't pick any of us up. <laughs> so a lot of moves she can't really work on and, and do. And now with Lulu there, they're both both tiny. So they're tinier, I should say. Mm -hmm. And so it, it allows them to work with each other and work on some of those things that they can't do with somebody that's heavier. So it, it's, it's starting to help out, but it, it's still in the early stages. Like I said, Lulu's only been with, with us a couple practices now, but, uh, uh, and then I did one extra, one other practice with her the other day, but you know, we'll, we'll see where it all goes. And then uh, coming up Friday night, November the 17th, we have Chicago Style Wrestling, and they're presenting their final show of the year, Second City Showdown 3. That will be at the American Legion in Franklin Park, 7.30 bell time. And I'll just go ahead and mention some of the matches that have already been announced so far. We have for the CSW Championship, Conan Lycan defending against Shane Hollister, both members of the Hate Keepers, so that's going to be an interesting dynamic right there. And then we're going to have an absolutely terrific athletic match for the CSW Metro Division Championship with the champion Iniestra defending against up-and-coming Rafael Quintero and Samurai Del Sol, formerly known as Kalisto from WWE. And I know this is going to be a match you're looking forward to, the CSW Women's Championship five-way ladder match where Shelly the Bombshell Benson defends against Missa Kate, Maggie Lee, Heather Reckless, and Lily La Pescadita. And also a Four Corners of Pain match has been announced between Joy Mayberry and the up-and-coming Duke Montgomery. And each competitor will be allowed two garbage cans filled with whatever weapons they choose. And there'll be one garbage can in each of the corners. And also that night, and you're going to be involved with this very heavily, 
Ice Pick Vic Capri will be inducted into the CSW Hall of Fame. So tell me a little bit about when you found out that you're going to be inducted into the Hall of Fame. Uh, you know, it, it was kind of shocking considering, you know, I had, I had said time was running out, but I hadn't put an end date on anything. And they decided they, they wanted to do this at this point. And, um, and so it, it was, it, it's an honor, you know, it, it's really it's really nice of the fact that, you know, I, I started my career at Windy City with people like Steve Boz and Mike Anthony, Terry, uh, Terry Allen, you know, Jason Rain. And all of us were really close for a long period of time. And um, so to to get to finish up at, at CSW, where, where, which is, you know, what Boz created uh, initially, you know, it, it it it's really nice to have things kind of come full circle that I, I can I can join the Hall of Fame and do that at, at a CSW show with someone, not to spoil surprises, we've invited others to come to the show. Uh, hopefully they can make it. I, I would be honored to have them there. So it, 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 it'd be great to see some of those people again because it, it, I don't get to see them very often anymore. So it, it's, it, it, it's kind of overwhelming sometimes when I think about it, I guess, you know, um, still been, been trying for the last few days just to think of what I'm going to say when I, when I kind of speak. So I, it's going to be interesting. <laughs> and you are also already a hall of famer for another company, even though they've only been around a couple of years and you were yeah. the first ever inductee to the all Q wrestling hall of fame. Yes. Yeah. You know, Brad is a, a great guy. They they brought me in early on. He gave me my opportunity to wrestle Ricky Reyes. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, when I we would post, both of us would post stuff. Somebody book us against each other, and finally out of nowhere, Brad came to me and was just like, "Hey, I want you to work Ricky Reyes, Reyes on my show." And I'm like, "Done." So it, it was it, it was a, a he he's a great person. I know there was some falling out with with other stuff, and you know now he's tied in with Northland. And, and things like that but you know him and, and nathan good people you know they they do really well with what they're producing right now between all heel and northland so i'm really happy you know being part of that you know i was in shock when he actually let me take the the belt home and keep it um i didn't expect that at all uh i, I actually kept trying to give it back to him because <laughs> i was like no you can't you're not serious you here take it <laughs> so but um, yeah, it's it's been, you know, I never liked the legend thing when people would would say it, and I still don't. Sometimes it's like I'm just an indie guy, you know that that that's how I see myself. So a legend is like, eh, I I don't buy it. But you know, to to find out how people actually feel about me because I I've always kind of been closed off and by myself, have a real small close group knit group of friends it was it's been really fun over the last year or so to find out of about my extended family i have now so uh it's, it's appreciated more than anybody will ever know and i just want to uh mention conan lichen as the champion for csw you've had a chance to get in the ring with him as well as axel rico who is another former csw champion so what's it like working with those young guys you know, Conan is when when people talk about like Vikingo and uh, Will Osprey and they're not human. You know, 
Conan is on a different level. He he's he shouldn't be able to do the things he can do, you know. But he's got a good head on his shoulders. You know, he's learned how to do stuff. He still practices constantly. He he doesn't quit. He's he's always going to keep pushing. And I, I think it, he's got a lot, a, a real bright future. Seriously, I mean, I, if he keeps everything up, keeps his his head on straight. He could go. He he's going to make millions. He really could. So you know, I I remember when I wrestled him at CSW. He came up to me and he's like, "I'm I'm nervous." Right before we went out there, I just walked up to him and I'm like, "All right, be safe, have fun." I'm like, "You're going to fucking kill it. Let's fucking go. Let's tear the house down. I don't give a fuck." And I just got in his face and we got in the back after he goes, "Dude, you had me so fired up." Right before we walked out, he goes, all my nerves went straight out the window. And it, it and he performed. He did a fucking great job. I'm sorry, I'm swearing a lot. But uh, he did a great job, you know. And then I had another opportunity to work with him at, at Berwyn. And again, he, he rose to the occasion. He He's he's a, he's an amazing athlete and a, a hell of a performer. So, like I said, he's got the potential definitely to make millions if he if he keeps going on the right path. Axel, you know, Axel got a setback with the with the broken collarbone. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and believe me, I know, I, I know how it is and having to take, you know, he had to take he's gonna have to take a year off before he can come back. In my neck, I was out four or five years, you know, so I, I get it. And it, it it's horrible. It it sucks. You know, but I I'm in a different situation at that point. I wrote wrestling off completely. I was never coming back. I, I wanted nothing to do with wrestling. I stopped watching it. I just paid attention to the sheets for what Punk, Cabana, and Ace were doing. You know, but Axel is still coming to shows, trying to help out and back and do what he can. And so that he's still keeping himself right out there and in front of everybody. And Axel's got a bright future, too. You know, he, he's another person. He's very athletic. Um, he, he knows what he's doing out there. He's a smart guy. So, you know, I'd like to see him succeed as well. Yeah, he's a really good young man. You know, even the, the charity stuff he does for the dogs and all that too. It's just a really, really cool dude. Well, he seriously won me over with that. I'm I'm a dog person. I mean, I've always had a dog, and they're they're my life. So I mean, if I if I had the money, I'd start a shelter, but nobody'd be able to adopt them because I keep them all. So <laughs> it'd be kind of kind of productive. And then there's one more event I want to talk about with you, and it's coming up the next night after CSW. It's coming up Saturday night, November the 18th. SSW presents the 20th anniversary event, and that'll be up at the Broad Stop in Kenosha, just north of the state line, 7 p.m. bell that night. And advertised on that show is an all-star cast. We have SSW champion, the inevitable John Fate. We have the punk rock prince, Jordan Cross. We have the express of Ryan Cross and Dr. Jeff Luxon. The freak show killer, Salem Crane. The SNS champion, Brooke Tanner. Melanie Cruz. Ice pick, Vic Capri. Dave Rydell. Shogun, Chris Logan. Hardcore impact of Paulie Tomaselli and hardcore Craig. And Xavier Mustafa, in addition to ring announcer and M. MC Linda K. So this can be one hell of an action pack show. And you can use code SSW20 for $5 advance tickets through Eventbrite. And get this all admission is general seating 
and it will be first come first serve. So if you get in line early after you bought your $5 ticket online, you can get front row ringside for this. It's going to be terrific. And Vic, what's it like being a part of this company that's been around for 20 years? It's just a great family atmosphere to it. Um, when I got brought in to to Russell Marche Rocket, you know, years ago, uh, it was it was really eye opening. Um, that was one of my first tastes of finding out, you know, the, the, who looked up to me and, and and some of the people what they had to say just when I came in the locker room when they had the meeting, you know, it was it it, it was really eye opening. You know, Ryan Cross. Love the guy to death. He he's amazing. Jordan Jordan has kind of become my little nephew. You know, I I've been on backstage at AEW with him a number of times, and as soon as we're done, and he texts his dad that we're leaving or something, and his dad texts me, "Oh, thank you so much for for looking out for him and not letting him screw up and embarrass himself or do." And it's like he's fine. I'm like he's an adult. He's he's all right. He's not going to do that to himself. He knows what he's doing. Now, uh, I think it was only one time I had to track him down because they, they needed extras for something. And he, he wasn't backstage at the time, but he was filling seats at the time. So he's, he's still doing what they wanted him to do. But, um, yeah, I mean, Jordan's a great kid. You know, um, I, I love the fact that he's getting an opportunity now at Dreamwave. Uh, aside from, you know, he, he's starting to look at bigger companies. You know, he's been working with Warrior Wrestling for a while now. So there's, you know, there's so much, there's so many such hot talent on the Warrior Wrestling shows and on the Dreamwave shows. They attract atten- so much attention that for someone young like him or even Country Air, who was on the last show, you know, that are up and comers for them to get that little extra attention just because of the, the show they're on. You know, it, it's it's great to see. You know, when, when I first came back, I, I said, you know, nobody is looking to sign me for anything. I'm too old. And that was, I was 35. I I came back and I had said that it was mainly just to come back to help the younger talent. You know, if I could still perform at a decent level and give them a match that they were proud of, that they could pass on to WWE or now AEW or TNA or wherever, and it got them a look, then that's what I wanted to do. Um, And and so, no, I've tried to help out with people with getting them, pointing in the direction of who to talk to, at places like Dreamwave, um, and then from there, it's it's on them, and they get themselves noticed on their own. I just kind of try to help them get in the door. As soon as you talk to, go ahead and drop my name. If he has any questions, he'll contact me. Send him a couple of matches. But all it is is they're the ones that are doing the work. It, it's not me. I just point them in a direction. And and these people are are you know country air and Jordan and everybody, they're and Shelly, you know, they're the ones that are are getting themselves noticed by how they perform, how they act, and, and you know all of it, and you know the, the just their presence. So it, it I can say I'm people will say that I'm helping them, but honestly, like I said, I'm just pointing you in a direction. You're the one that's getting noticed for yourself. And, and that's what's most important. In fact, before I let you go, I got to ask you one more thing. You were at the obviously at the last CSW show and you saw Shelly win that championship from Sierra. Now, did I see on video that I, I think there's actual videotape evidence of this? Were you doing a milkshake? Um, there's a few videos of that out there now, um, <laughs> considering we, we go to the ring at Dreamwave all the time. Yeah. 
So yeah, there there's a few now. Um, I think the one is up to almost eight thousand views from the last Dreamwave show from <laughs> Rusty Warhorse. So um, yeah, uh, you know, I my character has always been the intense kind of like Chris Benoit, dynamite kid, serious kind of you know. But um, at the same time, you know, most people don't realize at, at Blitz, I wore a mask for a while and I did the ultimate bonanza gimmick, where I was just a goofball. Um, People, you know, most people see me and they're like, oh, he's, he looks mean. He's resting. I call it, everybody calls it resting Vic face. And it's just, I'm not, I'm a, I'm a dork to be honest with you. Um, uh, but you know, I do have some social anxiety issues and, and things like that and be socially awkward, but, um, yeah, it, it's, so if anybody wants, if you really want to see bad dancing, aside from me doing the milkshake with Shelly Benson, go on YouTube and just type in Vic Capri is no fun. And there's a video from SSW on there <laughs> in the locker room. And you can all have a great laugh. So, but yeah, that's a side note, which was, which was all Ryan Cross's idea. And I just was like, yeah, let's do it. It's fun. Okay. But yeah, it's, uh, yeah. Shelly, Shelly brings out uh, a side of me, you know, I like to play off uh, different people in the ring when I go out there. It's like, like when we tagged, we, I came out to my music, stopped, they hit her music and she came out and then I just kind of played off of her. And then, uh, you know, even like the last CSW show, we came out the last couple of times I've tagged with Mario. I'm like, just, we'll go out to his music. It's fine. I don't, I don't need my music. And we came out and a couple of people were like, I saw you come out and the way you were bobbing and everything, like, I couldn't believe it. It was so funny. About, and I'm like, it just fit. I'm just trying to play off of the person I'm with. I'm not always this stick in the mud asshole. I, I do like to have fun. Yeah. So there is a lighter side to Vic Capri. He's not just this ass kicker, not this serious resting Vic face guy that comes out and just kills everybody. He can have a little fun too. I'm a comic book nerd. I mean, right now, American Dad is on, on Hulu on my TV. I'm a dork. Okay. I I still, I'm 50 years old. I watch cartoons. Yeah. So <laughs> that's just me. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. I'm, I'm 48. I've got toys and pops and I watch cartoons too. So, you know. I got, I've got Lemmy, the guys from Slayer, some of Eddie from Iron Maiden, and then, of course, Al Bundy off on the side there. So they're always watching over my shoulder. <laughs> All right, Vic, go ahead and plug your social media and whatever upcoming events you got. So we've got, it's Vic underscore Capri 13 on Instagram and Twitter, Facebook, Mike Faso. Honestly, I'm on Instagram way more than anything else. Pro Wrestling Tees, I've got a few shirts. You know, I could really use the money. My daughter has tuition for college, and it's painful then we've got csw ssw uh, and jwa the day before thanksgiving up in janesville wisconsin so that'll kind of give you just pretty much all of november i think mm -hmm. uh, december is pretty light and then january see what happens in january all right vic capri thank you so much for coming out once again and uh, we'll definitely have you back on down the line sounds good thanks mike i appreciate it Always a fantastic conversation with the ice pick Vic Capri, and he's not always this serious ass kicking dude, and he's always great to talk to here on Windy City Slam podcast. 
We know his days of his career are numbered, but we're going to enjoy it for as long as we can. As long as we have Vic Capri in a wrestling ring, it's a great thing. All right, next week, we're going to preview a huge week in Chicagoland independent wrestling, including CSW, Freelance Underground, SSW, and more. Plus, we welcome back friend of the show, the punk rock prince, Jordan Cross, to talk about SSW's 20th anniversary show coming up at the Brat Stop in Kenosha on November the 18th. And you can catch all that right here on Windy City Slam Podcast. So long, everybody.